0: Bell to Bell episode eighty We're back after a quite a lengthy summer break. Um, I don't know, boxing stopped, but Tyson Fury's retired. He hasn't retired. He's going to fight for nothing. He's going to do this. A lot's happened while we've been away, but I'm sure we're, we're going to be talking about that during the pod. Um, if you can leave us a review on YouTube or iTunes, that would be fantastic. We really appreciate it, everybody at VIP Boxing World. And subscribe to the VIP. YouTube channel, um, the first VIP show is this weekend in Blackpool, a great show there um, that Steve Wood's putting on there, and I even there's a whisper that Tyson Fury might be rocking up there, we'll see. Um, anyway, a couple of familiar faces tonight uh, that everyone in boxing knows, my good pal and co-host of this, John Evans, and of course, um, this week's guest, unbeaten super featherweight hope, Akid Fies. Um, First of all, John, how are you, mate?
1: I'm good, mate, I'm good. I'm good. I've been uh, plowing on with the work while you've been jetting around sunning yourself in your various holiday homes.
0: Oh, here we go. Here we go.
2: Take no notice of anyway. Well, it's I, all
0: right, I, it's a... oh, I might have been old, Leo. John's been pretending he's busy, and you must be getting busy because I'm the sport. Steve Wood has told me you've got a, a, a slot on the Bivol Ramirez bill in Abu Dhabi.
2: Yeah, mate. Yeah. I've uh, been training for that class, um great opportunity for me, Um great experience as well, yeah, so I'm training hard, looking forward to it, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's going through, I mean, your last box, I think, uh, um AJ Bell Stadium, didn't you? You had a, a six-rounder, yeah. you know, I saw you there, last time
2: I saw you. That was, that was, yeah, f- um not the last one, the one before, and then oh, I got the it? one in, in, in August as well, a box in, oh, it, at the Sheffield Arena as well, yeah, on the oh,
0: I was away yeah. then with John. John also. John and dick. Yeah, of I saw yeah. You, the little guy Christian N- N- navez who comes over and fights all the time.
2: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was my first one back in in about twelve months. That one because I had my hand operation and stuff. So um, that was just a little um, to get back in the groove of things. Yeah,
0: he's yeah. a nightmare to fight, and he's only about five foot two, and he crouches, and you're about boxing someone who's two foot tall. No wonder
1: he's never been knocked out hardly.
2: Yeah, no, he was hard to pin down. Yeah, it was difficult.
1: Yeah. Ak- Akib, do you reckon people, the people who see you on the matchroom shows, do you reckon we're about to see the, the real Akib Fiaz now? There was little glimpses in Sheffield that you were more comfortable and it was all starting to come back after the hand and, and the sad thing with your mum. Um, do you think people are we're ready to see now the, the true Akib Fiaz when he gets his next stage?
2: Yeah, um, definitely feel like I did did well as an amateur and anyone who saw me as an amateur was excited about me t- turning pro. And then I sort of had like... A, obviously, it was unfortunate, you know, last year and stuff. Um But, you know, I feel like I'm coming... I, 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 I'm back now and I'm, I'm just... I'm in a different sort of mindset now compared to before. I think probably even better than before now. Um, I'm much stronger mentally and I feel like I matured a lot as well, yeah. So, definitely, I agree with that, John, yeah.
1: I, I, I also... Something that not many people will know, but was it? I think it was your second pro fight, the toughest fight anyone's had for the second pro fight. You got Ben Fields, a oh. stone above your natural weight, on a day's notice, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I thought
1: that I, I, at like 19, I, was, yeah, I was 19 then,
2: 19 yeah. year old. Uh, um, I remember sold a bunch of tickets. My original opponent pulled out, and Steve said, Oh, this is the, this is the only person I could get. I said to Jamie, "What do you think?" And Jamie was like, "You win, but It's gonna be hard, Akib." And I says, "I'm not giving all these tickets back." So, so we ended up going going ahead with it. Probably shouldn't have, to be fair, thinking back. But then again, it was a good uh, learning curve, yeah. So, yeah, it was tough on that. Yeah. I think
0: <laughs> when build he- is top of the building Saturday in Blackpool.
1: Yeah, that, that's when yeah. Fields was turning everybody over as well, wasn't it? It was in the, it was the, the VIP upset. He was beating everybody at the time, and yeah, it's a, a brilliant, brilliant win that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a difficult one, yeah, but we got the win.
1: All right, well, so we'll crack on with the
0: podcast. What happens here, a kid? We speak for three minutes on each subject. the end of three minutes, John has a bell, he rings that loud, and even if you're mid-sentence, you have to shut it up. Huh? And he told me, I know he's off to see you next week, he won't come and see you if you keep talking after <laughs> the minute. I know, you know, he, he won't come <laughs> he's and see not, you again. He's not he's like it, yeah? Yeah, he, he hasn't <laughs> spoken to Nigel Travis for months. And it wasn't because of all these pants down. It's because he spoke over th- more than three minutes. And that's, that's <laughs> the
2: problem you get. <laughs> oh, well, that's not that's not entirely a bad thing. I bet John's... Um, <laughs> it's been a bit more peaceful, ain't eh? Not yeah, talking yeah. tonight. Great for tonight, yeah. John, have you got mm-hmm. your
0: bell ready? Everything's bell ready, yeah. Ready? John, will you start us off? You want to talk about making Wilder, Deontay Wilder and Ruiz?
1: Yeah. Really good heavyweight fights at the minute. I'm enjoying it. The heavyweight division can be hit and miss, can't it, over the years? But I think we're in a really good spell at the minute. And I think Wilder and Ruiz, apart... Wilder Joshua and Wilder Ruiz are the two most exciting fights I think can be made at heavyweight. You know, Ruiz looks pretty good against Luis Ortiz. He, He was in reasonable shape, but fit enough to do the 12 rounds. He's got those explosive fast hands. He's got power. And the thing that Wilder and Ruiz have both shown, they've got that heart, haven't they? They'll both get up off the floor and carry on trying to win. I just think the styles, Wilder and Ruiz, is absolutely made for each other. It might be a short, explosive fight where one of them gets done early, or it could be a real up-and-downer for seven, eight rounds. But I think whatever happens, you're not going to get a dull fight. And I, I just think it's the, the natural next fight to make it heavyweight.
2: Yeah, I agree
1: with you there, John. That's that's what heavyweight
2: boxing is all about, When it? It's one of them where... It definitely won't go twelve rounds. Um, it could, it could go in one. It could go yeah. in, yeah. That's a great fight. I agree with you that one. That's that. That'd be something that I'd definitely tune in, and I think a lot of people would. Yeah.
0: You know what? Before I get, I get the styles you say, John. I think we before we get carried away, we've got to see what Deontay Wilder has got left against Robert yeah. Helenius. Now, I think if he's got plenty left, you know, and he still shows. He's a force at heavyweight, and I hope he is, because I'm a real Deontay Wilder fan. I love him. He's a murderous puncher. And you know what? He's a brilliant guy as well. I remember I spent a day of him in Sheffield years ago for box nation. Mm-hmm. I won't have a word against him. I, just, I hope he's got something left. And if he has, I think you're absolutely destroyed Ruiz. Absolutely wipe him out if he's got anything left. However good the matchup him. is. I absolutely think that you know, look, he's got he's got a fight. Even if he's you know, very much on the back nine, he should beat helenius but I think we've got to see how he looks on that, that night. You, you could have someone who's got next to nothing left there. That, that wouldn't surprise me as much as it wouldn't surprise me that he's still got plenty to offer.
1: The thing, with, the thing with Ruiz, I think you'll only get the best of him if he feels some sort of danger and some sort of threat. And I, if you put him in with Joshua Wilder, Fury's too big. Forget Fiori, just box around him for 12 rounds. Anusi could probably be too clever. But Ruiz against Wilder and Joshua, with those hands and his willingness to trade, because Ruiz will throw with you. He's not scared of taking one to give one. I, I just think he's made for excitement against those two guys.
2: Yeah, yeah Ruiz is slightly different to, to most of the heavyweights out there isn't he, in, that, in that sense where he can mix it body and head. He'll throw with you, like you said, John. Yeah. So I feel like that's a great fight. And if Wilder does land, like Steve said, he would go to sleep for a while, he So That's the top fight, yeah. I agree with you.
1: Right, a quick one for you both. We'll go a few seconds over. A fully fit Ruiz against Joshua in a third fight. Who'd win?
2: Joshua for me.
1: Lily's thinking, eh?
0: Ruiz <laughs> beat him, you know that. We've yeah, got, We've got to look at Joshua at this stage of his career. He's had the U6 setbacks since. But you know what? Ruiz must look back on me running over us. So, what we got active, we <laughs> got we got a bit of here. you know what, John. What was, he must look back in his career when he went to New Zealand and fought Joseph Parker a long time ago, it seems now. Um, Andy Ruiz, how he never, how he just went at his show those last three rounds when the fight was there for the winning. What right. difference might like that have made to his career? And Parker that, right? Parker's career it. took off from it.
1: Well, he blew it against Parker, and he blew it in before the Joshua rematch because he should have beat Joshua in the well, rematch.
2: I, so, so, sorry, John. Oh,
1: fine.
0: he's serious. He's... <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I'll, I'll let you speak before let He didn't retire for long. Tyson Fury, since we had our break, oh, I think he's off at the fight. Joshua for nothing. He's retired. He's come back. He's retired. He's come back. He's lost his. Well, he's given up his ring belt. Are they taken it? I don't, I don't know. Um, today, he's offered AJ a fight. Look, I think it's one of boxing's worst-kept secrets now that he's going to fight in December. That isn't going to happen because if he did fight, it would have to be on BT on his terms. But, um, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on, on where Fury's where career stands right now, all these changes of mine. I mean... You know, Manuel Charles getting chucked about by a few people for December, and, and or possibly Derek Chazor if he takes a bit less money. Um, but you can forget AJ, I think, for December. And you know what, much yeah. as I enjoy it, you know, and he's a bit of fun, Tyson, the whole brand of it, I'm coming a bit bored of it the way he's changing his mind all the time. And that, that's, that's the greatest respect to him. I mean, and no one seems to say a word about him changing his mind like he does, but that's him. What do you make of him, Akid?
2: Yeah, I mean he's a top fighter, like you said, um, and he's proven how good he is. But I feel like the way he goes to and from different different scenarios and where he says he wants to do this, and it's, I feel like he's unsure of himself, even though he's still, even though he's as good as he is and and he's accomplished as much as he's accomplished. I feel like that mental health thing he went through was obviously very serious, and I feel like sometimes he, he's still unsure of himself in a certain way, and. I wouldn't be surprised if you come back in an easy fight because Fury does, you know, everyone knows Fury. He's, he's realistically, he's only ever had the Wilders, three Wilder fights, and the Klitschko fight, which were real 50 50s on paper. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back in, in a sort of steady fight and then maybe into a big AJ or Usyk fight in the new year. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm just glad he's fighting again, you know. But because I, I did, was did, certainly... did, you, did you believe
2: he retired, John?
1: No, did he, But What I, th- what I <laughs> did think he was going to do was come back and fight in wrestle, you know, in WWE. And yeah. um, the other thing that I think was pretty close to being done was fighting um the world's strongest man, wasn't it, from yeah. training in Scotland at the moment. Thor. Thor, yeah, I think that was pretty close as well. But if Fury comes back and ticks over against Chisora, at least he's staying in shape, he's staying active, and he's he's keeping his name in the mix And if we do get a big fight in April or May, at least he he won't have ring rust. You know, at least he's kept the momentum going. So, yeah, whoever he fights, I'm not bothered. Just as long as he he actually fights.
0: I'm wondering, he's insisting he has this fight. Now, you know, I keep hearing, as I said earlier, Cardiff, um, the big stadium there for December. And as I said, it's not going to be a top opponent. I'm wondering, John, if he's thinking in his mind, I'm going to do that. He was at the wrestling in Cardiff the other night. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go and do the wrestling. Do go and do WrestleMania next April or something, and then have a big fight in July. I don't put that above it because he loves doing the wrestling. And as we, we mentioned here before, I know people knew when he did that before, he was so serious. Akib, now it's your turn to lead the way. Round three, boxing in the Middle East. Um, you're off there.
2: Yeah, so um, I just thought it'd be interesting to ask you guys and, and see what people think. Um Obviously, it's a new sort of thing in boxing fighting over there and before it was, it was all about America, Vegas, L.A. and places like that. But there's now the, the, the Middle East, as we saw, AJ Usyk there, AJ Ruiz too, and, and more and more big fights are now there. I just wanted to see what you guys thought of it.
0: Yeah, um, you know what? There's been a lot of talk about people should, shouldn't fight there and people might want to shoot me down. But I'm, I'm of the attitude of if fighters are getting well paid to go to these places... I'm not going to get involved in politics and all that. And, uh, if, you know, if they're getting that sort of money, you know, uh, AJ was getting a bit of stick the other week. If he's getting paid good money to go there, come on. You know, it's a money business, price fighting. It's about money. I don't have a big issue. Um, where I do have a bit of concern as such is that these places, you know, like Dubai, people are going on holidays and you can make trips to a big fight. Abu Dhabi, Qatar, where there's undoubtedly going to be boxing. Um, these sort of places, people haven't, haven't adopted them yet as holiday resorts to go to. So I think the, the, the issue is getting, you know, persuading Saudi, persuading fans to go there to these countries.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but that's the only thing I think about it is boxing at a minute in Britain, is, I think it's pretty shit at the moment. You know, we're struggling to get good shows. You might get a good headliner, but all of it's too diluted. The fighters aren't fighting each other from different promotions. We're having to bring people in. The Sky Show at weekend was a disgrace. And we're getting too much of that. And my worry is that by taking it further away, away from the fans who've supported the sport for years and years and made it into what it is, suddenly the big fights they want to see are not on the doorstep. We can't go to them anymore. And I just hope the interest doesn't begin to uh, dwindle a little bit.
0: Yeah, I hope these places pick up, but you know, it's a great opportunity. I mean, just someone if someone said to you, Akim, you're gonna go and fight, you know, in Abu Dhabi on the bill of Bivol versus it's a dream come true. It's ticking off a box yeah. for you. For you, that is
2: fantastic. It's experiences, I feel like, yeah, there's 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 uh, positives and negatives, isn't there? The positives obviously our fighters get opportunities, experiences that you know, are great experiences, things that you know you can enjoy. Because boxing, boxing sometimes it's not na- it's an hard sport. It's, yeah. it's the hardest sport in the world, really. But I feel like when you're in Abu Dhabi, it's maybe a little bit easier because the it. sun and everything. But like you said, the negatives are the fans here are here really, um, and obviously the fights. For example, how oh, was that done? Oh no,
1: it's
2: coming. Oh, so I was gonna say oh, like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need to turn that
1: down. Actually,
0: round four, John. Um, the big fight this weekend.
1: Yeah. Um, Shields and Marshall. And you know what? I, I know we had Taylor and Serrano, didn't we? I, I tell you, I spoke to Amanda Serrano the we other week. What a good laugh Amanda Serrano is. We'll see her in Britain soon. Um But I think this is the first true super fight. You know, Serrano and Katie Taylor, in it was in New York. Taylor's coming to the end of her career. Serrano wasn't a natural weight, but we put on a, a fantastic event, didn't they? But I think this is a this is a true super fight, this, in the women's sport. You've got a out-and-out puncher in Marshall against an out-and-out boxer. You've got a backstory. They don't like each other. It's like a rivalry that spanned 10 years. You'll find people who are 100% Shields. He's going to win on points. You'll have people 100% Marshalls going to knock her out. I think fight week momentum will build. And I think by Saturday night, I think we've got a proper fight on our hands. I think it's the first true super fight we've we've had in Britain. And maybe the first true super fight, a fight as in the peaks, in, in women's boxing, really.
0: Yeah, it is, you know what? I was thinking about this fight last week, and the last time we really got close to a super, I mean, we've had Serrano Taylor and all that, but I think we're talking Serrano out of her way. Katie won that fight, but slightly over the top. That was a better fight another time. But it
1: was an event rather than a super. The, yeah, it
0: was an event. The one, the one that got away, and this one hasn't, thankfully, was Lucia Riker, Christy Martin. They, they, Riker would have destroyed her. But that was the fight that always got away in the 90s. They were, they were, then two ladies were on American pay per views all the time. Lewis Bill's Martin was on, you know, Riker was on big bills, you know. They were on, you know, Martin, Christy Martin in particular was on major cards. That was the one that got away. You know what? I think mean, it's a great fight. And as everyone's pointing towards Marshall's power and the fact that, she outboxed Shields the first time they fought. That was 11 years ago. Um, Shields has gone on and had that great amateur career since then, winning gold medals, London 2012. Um, but um, you know what? I, I don't, like most people I'm speaking to have Marshall clear-cut. I won't be surprised if Shields, Shields really pushed a close. It's going to be really, really close, I think, at the end. There might yeah. be some controversy.
2: Yeah, I feel like amateur boxing and professional boxing are two different sports, so you can't talk about where Marshall beat her. It, like said eleven years ago, Steve. I feel like everyone who's saying Marshall's a clear winner could could be you know sort of giving a false a, a false sense of security there. Hopefully, she's not listening to it because I, I hope she wins and I want her to win because she's nice. She's a nice girl and stuff, and she's from Britain, obviously. But realistically, it's a top fight. Like you said, it's a super fight, and they're both. In their prime, so what a great event for women's boxing. Yeah. I feel like women's boxing is just growing massively, and from this it it'll benefit massively as well because like is it are all the is the undercard all women as well?
0: Yeah,
2: I think I saw yeah, so what what, what opportunities for, for, for all the girls coming through and, and young girls watching. John, for a press who are you tipping, John?
1: Uh Shields. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: maybe it's a great fight. Anyway, round yeah. five. Um, something you might have seen, you would have seen in boxing. You know, I don't know if our kids seen boxing news last week. There've been a lot about these fight every so many fights on undercards that are 40-36 all the time. Now, you know, and you know what? I think it's a problem that it's not a problem because some of these are learning fights. They're not all, you know, guys just walking, hands covered up. There's learning fights. There's guys who have had layoffs through the these type of fights. You know, you've had them, Aki. But I think the problem we got is there's too many boxers, and I see a lot in the London area, particularly southern area, who are turning over from the unlicensed, and they, they sell loads of tickets, and they're not really that great, getting to 9, 10, and 0, and fighting these guys who are knowing they're gonna, they have to go for a walk. I think that's where the problem lays, and that's always going to be there while there's fighters are, are, are on ticket deals who can make a lot of money yeah. I wonder what you you guys
2: because
0: a lot yeah, of I feel like
2: that's something, something that, it's something that will always be there won't it like you said but I feel like fighters need them certain fighters need them like you said if, especially when they come I'm not not slagging unlicensed fighters and stuff but I feel like they, they need a bit more of that than some of, the, some of the amateur boxers that you see coming through but you know, there is a bit too much. Like you say, sometimes you go to a show and you know that corner is going to win every fight, and it's just not good for not good for the fans of it. And people pay they pay pay good money to come to them shows as well. So I feel like it's unfair for them as well. Yeah.
1: Do you know, what? I I sort of sh- I, I I do for boxing news, don't I? So, I, but I sort of shrugged when I saw that. Jesus, I've been going to shows for fifteen years, and that's how it is. I don't understand why it suddenly was a cover story. Uh, mm-hmm. The only thing I'd add on to it was there's too many 40, 30, 60s on TV.
0: Yeah, there's, there is, yeah.
1: yeah. I think if you, on the, on the small all team, yeah, that's how it is. You bring people along, you, you create stars, you build records and you get them ready for TV. They have to learn, so that's how it is. But when you get onto TV, there shouldn't be any 40, 30, 60s or 60, 50 That That's the only thing I'd add to it. Yeah. But yeah, it's the way the sport is and it's been like that for, for years. Yeah, I just think
0: there's too many of these kids now coming through who, who are selling, who aren't that good. Who will not be good enough to go on the road. Who are just pure ticket sellers. Yeah. And these guys are being told to go for it. walk. you saw it in the Boxing News interview that one of the boxers' interviews said he doesn't try every fight to win. Anyway, round six on the summit that certainly isn't a 40-36 debate. It's, it's your final topic and the final round, Hakim. You back, Ben.
2: Yeah, what a fight. Um and obviously, I, I don't really, I wasn't even alive when the, the dad's box or, and I don't really remember it, but seeing the response it's had, the tickets it's sold, the viewing figures, I'm really excited for this now. Um, and I've actually gone back and watched the dad's fights and stuff. Oh, brilliant! Um, so I was, I was thinking, what do you guys think? Who do you think will win? And how do you think it'll go?
0: I think I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot on the pod, but I think U Bank wins. Um, I think mean, it's a brilliant fight, a brilliant event, and for someone who was lucky enough to be at both the fights, the first one at the in Birmingham on that Sunday night, you had to be there to believe it. All the underhand tricks that were going on, playing with ring music, it was sensational. The, it was, ah, oh, just thinking now oh, I've got a few whiskers down. face is going yeah. red thinking about it. It was brilliant. Um, the, the old Trafford one was a bit of a, you know, a damp squib. The highlight of the night then was uh, a journalist, who oh, I'm not going to name, and had a, a, a beard too many, trying to break, break into you bench door, dressing room up and screaming that it was terrible that he got the drop. That was a highlight of the night. Um, the, the walk back into the city centre weren't too great either, uh, to a, whatever late it was at night. It was very late after the, the first fight, brilliant. But anyway, just a quick point I want to make. I'm drifting away there. There was a lot made of Eubank making, being able to make one five seven. Um, and I think you know they played a blinder making this part of the black story, back story of it. Eubank, look, it's going to be a, a hard a hard for him. He'll do one five seven and not lose a bit. I've got a picture on my phone. I'll send to you both later. Eubank, when he fought Liam Williams, his last fight, he weighed one hundred and sixty pounds. He weighed in with his, I'm, I'm 60, so I don't know what they're called. What are the night trainers called that go up to your ankles, whatever they're called? He had them on. He
1: had a pair of Jordans on, didn't he? Yeah. Night Jordans yeah. on, a pair of jeans,
0: a big belt, and a watch that must have weighed half a pound on him. And that is when he weighed 160. So yeah. I, bet, I bet he was only 157, 156. That when he weighed in for um, Liam Williams. So I don't think the weight's a problem. I'm big, I'm big on you,
1: yeah, I, I, do you know what I think? Eubank, I was watching that press conference, and I thought he was he was sensational at that press conference, wasn't he? just batted it, batted everything. Ben threw at him away, and do you know what I think? Him and Callum know that the weight is not an issue whatsoever. I don't think Ben, I don't think Eubank, sorry, would have risked losing to a welterweight by killing himself on the weight, and it's not just any welterweight. It's something he would never be allowed to forget. If, if. Connor Ben beat Chris Eubank, Eubank is he's finished and he'll be reminded of it every day of his life. And I don't think Eubank's the type to give any advantages away and even risk that. I, I think they know the weight's all right. And I, I, I think Eubank's going to do a bit of a job, to be personalised. Do, do, do,
2: do you think Team Ben are sort of banking on the weight being a big problem?
1: They might have done, yeah. yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And it
0: might have dawned them. But you know what? I, I, I can't... Yeah, John's mentioned this before. Um, and as a fighter, you might appreciate a bit a bit more. You're going to give some insight into this, hockey, But I can't... And I know John's are the same. Conor Ben, the job Matchroom have done with Connor Ben, matching him, is sensational. You know, to get where he is yeah. after how he looked his early career. He's developed in the gym. He's lived a life. He's developed with the right fights at the right time. So, so you, you know, he was, probably, he was probably only two more wins off a world title fight. And if you get the right world title, you can keep it. And you, you know how, you know, pretty much how Eddie Hearn worked with Chris Eubanks Sr. Got him that WBO super middleweight and milked it and milked it. They could have kept him winning. He could have become a pay-per-view star on the zone. But he goes into this fight, he loses. We know he's, he's a lot smaller. But the man in the street will just think, oh, he lost it. He lost for the you back. They're not going to realise.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, though, for Ben, it's a win-win situation. I feel like the core boxing fans and the real boxing world will know that he's lost against the middleweight. So it's not really that denting for him. However, if he wins, it's massive. And from there, he'll get massive fights as well, I think. So he can't, I don't think he's... He, he, unless he looks really bad and gets smashed within a round or two, I feel like he can't lose.
1: I See, I... I think against any other middleweight, you could say that, but Eubank's probably, what, top 15 middleweight? I'd say in the world, top pushing the top 10 maybe, and it's Eubank. And if Ben gets beat off him in bad fashion, then he's been beat in bad fashion off a top 15 guy, not a world champion. This isn't Brook and Golovkin. This is Ben against the top 15 guy you've crucified on weight or attempted to. And it's that name he, forever linked, you know. Ben Eubank, it's he, gonna be very, very hard to get to shake off, I think, for the for the casual fan. If it's yeah. a one-sided thing, I, I think the way Ben fights means it's gonna be exciting, isn't it? So he's yeah, gonna come you, out with it with credit, whatever. But I, I can't wait for it. What yeah, an event. I think
0: that Ben yeah. that
1: they will grit that Eubank will
0: come out knowing for them first two, three rounds, Ben is gonna come at him. Soak was, it up and then just take over and stop him by about in about seven. That's what I think. But you know what? The fact that we're talking about this, you you wanted to talk about this on the pod, Akib. The the fact we're talking about this so excitedly a long way out shows how much we're gonna it's gonna take over our life, Fight week.
2: And yeah, bet it's scripts is all on it. Yeah.
0: I bet Can you're you, getting asked it? now. You'll have friends, Akib, who know you're a boxer, and acquaintances, and able to mention this fight to you.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, people asking me for tickets, and I'm like, <laughs> I, have, I wish I, I I want to go, but I need some tickets myself. Yeah, it's mad. I feel like it's a, one of the best British boxing fighters we've seen in a long time. Can you imagine the atmosphere in the old two at ten oh, o'clock on that Saturday oh. night? Imagine the sweet Caroline. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know what? As I said, it goes back that first fight at the in, in Birmingham on that Sunday night. The atmosphere there, I think it was eleven or 12,000 there. You would have thought there was 32,000. The O2 is going to be oh, rampant that night. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be the best atmosphere there's ever been in the O2 for a boxing match.
1: Yeah. So we've had else Joshua should, nights there. Something else people should watch in the build up to this is when they put Eubank and Ben in the Gladiator training school in Rome and have them dressed I watch
2: yeah. that, yeah.
1: Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I saw
2: clips of it on YouTube, yeah.
1: <laughs> I tell you know. You, you, you?
2: Then, then yeah, yeah.
0: you know what? I'm an old, I'm a lot older than you two. Well I'm certainly I'm old well older than John and I'm <laughs> <pretty laughs> quadruple older than you. Then too, when I cut you know what, you are talking about it now, and I was so lucky to be able to cover their careers. I feel blessed to have been around them you ain't fucking hated me. I don't know why he didn't like me I remember one day when he was there was a press conference so i might have been at tottenham's ground before the watson rematch and for no reason he walked up to me and said ullis you could crawl under a snake with a top hat on <laughs> and, and nigel you never knew what you were going to get one minute if he was in a good mood it was huns and kisses but if Nigel got out of bed the wrong way that morning, oh, mate, any, or anybody. But I think that they both mellowed, I think, in their age. And they're good men. And I, I like a pair of them, I do. Yeah. The dads. I like them a lot.
2: Yeah. I, I, I've watched a few videos of, of Nigel Ben training. And what an intense guy, like you yeah. say. I can imagine him not knowing what you're going to get. Because he's a nice guy away from the ring, is But tra- in training, he looked like a monster. Yeah. And in his fights as well. So, yeah, you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of him, would you?
0: I went out to Tenerife. I think it might have been before he fought Henry Water when he was training. They did a press trip and he had three or four sparring partners. And what he would do with them, he'd have Steve Foster was out there, Tony Booth. And what he'd do, you know, because of the intensity, as you point out, how he trained, there will be five, so he'd be doing six rounds and they would only do one round each a day. There'd be six partners out there at or four and one might do two rounds one day. And he'd go flat out for three minutes on one of them, absolutely flat to the boards. Then he'd get out and you'd have your rest. But for that three minutes, you was earning your dough. And at the end of every, every night, he would go to the. He, Steve Foster would tell you this story, John, or if you ever bump into him at you. Every night, if there was a bar there in Tenerife and Nigel would go over the road and buy him their first pint every night. Buy him a pint and go back to his apartment.
2: No way. <laughs> yeah.
0: That
1: is much. <laughs> One round a day, jeez. Yeah,
0: one round a day. I might, they might have done two. There was Steve Foster, Tony Booth, Jimmy Tibbs was training and he was that intense in training those three minutes. And and um, Ben Nigel would do his nut, it'd be someone like Tony Booth, the journeyman, would just get out and like a say, by the ring. It was an outdoor training, <laughs> and Ben would be doing his pieces.
2: No, no way, but My... I'll tell you
0: what, um, we've only got about two minutes left on this. It's uh. We've gone on and on and on tonight. It's uh, been a really good podcast. I've loved. We've loved having you on, our kid. We'll have to have you on again once oh, you make so. your little soirée to Abu Dhabi. John, fans, as always. Anything else anyone wants to say? No, no, it's any, cool. Any cool other part, boxing man. topics you want to shout out? Quick, are you all happy? Well,
1: no, people, all good, people watching VIP on Saturday night. We've got another of the Fury clan making his debut, aren't we? Roman Fury. Roman Fury,
0: yeah. That's why I'm told. Tyson's popping along there, and and yeah, Tommy, they're going to be there Saturday night. But
1: thanks, everyone VIP, you'll get to see his debut next week, won't you? Thanks very much, everyone,
0: for listening. Thanks most of all to John and Akib, and um, we'll see you all next week. And uh, if he's got a date, I think he might be Zelfa barrett He's lining up for us next week. Thanks, everybody, and the biggest thanks of all to you, Akib, for joining us tonight.
2: No problems at all, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for all boxing. Info, news and
1: latest interviews, amateur and pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions, also Twitter, Instagram and
2: Facebook.